Welcome to Bright Perspective. I'm Karina Wingle, and today I'll be joined by Michael Johnson, our Director of Business Consulting here at DePosco. We'll be exploring how to compete with Amazon and win market share. Welcome, Michael. I'm so glad to have you on the episode today, um, talking about how to compete with Amazon and market share. I'll let you do a, a quick intro and kind of, you know, a little bit about the topic. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Karina. This topic actually comes up uh, quite a bit in my my day to day and week to week role here at the POSCO within our, our business consulting group. Uh, as part of our, our group's responsibility within the organization, what we really try to do is uh, learn as much as we can about companies and businesses that we're trying to partner with and uh, help them define you know, what their goals are, uh, their growth goals are, and ultimately align those goals to uh, capabilities that we have within our, our software platform. Uh, a lot of those companies that we are you know, trying to partner with you know, could be brand companies, could be retailers, could be third-party logistics companies. Uh, ultimately, what they're trying to do is improve and grow their fulfillment operations to really keep up with you know, some of the uh, other omni-channel and fulfillment expectations that have been set by uh, industry leaders out there. Um, you know, one of those certainly being Amazon. Awesome. Yeah, definitely excited to hear some of your insights into this topic. Um, so, Michael, everyone thinks Amazon is untouchable, but I understand some, some data has come out, some articles kind of proving otherwise about that. That's right. Uh, no one's surprised that Amazon, you know, made over $300 billion last year. However, you know, I just received uh, a DC Commerce 360 top 1000 report for 2021 and uh, it's a little bit surprising uh, in a year where e-commerce sales really blew up and, and grew for pretty much every online retailer, Amazon actually lost market share among the top 1,000. In fact, uh, over 500 of the top 1,000 uh, retailers grew more than 25%. Well, again, as I mentioned, Amazon shares actually dropped. And uh, in fact, I think last quarter, uh, online traffic actually grew on, on Shopify past the online traffic. Uh, within Amazon for the first time ever. So, you know, I think, you know, even though Amazon's, uh, you know, revenue does continue to, to go up, their, their share within that online retailer top 1000 uh, is again, actually, actually going down. Wow. That's just, that's crazy, you know, to think about with how large Amazon is and, you know, they have drones fulfilling orders, you know, how, I guess, are these companies beating them in this market share yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to have uh, uh, drones in place to compete, <laughs> compete with Amazon, um, but it is, you know, important for for companies to uh, really do some things correctly in order to uh, grab a slice of that that top one thousand. And one of the most crucial things that those companies are are doing is um, they're they're tracking their available to sell and available to promise inventory very accurately. And we'll certainly touch on. Uh, ways that they're doing that a little bit more uh, in a little bit more detail, but you know, one of the things that they have to do is certainly get you know their their inventory accuracy within their operations in order, and they have to enable you know their warehouse associates, their employees across the board, uh, to really be able to fulfill at speed and at scale to compete with you know Amazon's uh, expectations that they have set across the the consumer base. So Michael, when I think of inventory accuracy, it's not a new challenge, I would say. So why is there urgency now? Yeah, so some key trends have escalated, uh, primarily around the need for you know, both transparency and for trust across consumers. Um, you know, there's a customer experience perspective to that, 
And there's also a financial perspective to that. And I'll start, you know, maybe by uh, touching on a few things around the customer experience side. Um, for one, you know, omni-channel shoppers, uh, they definitely expect what you say to come true, right? You know, everyone's patience is, is thinning. There's a need to keep them happy. And, you know, there's a stat out there that says that omni-channel consumers have a 30% higher uh, lifetime value than those uh, that shop only at one channel. Um, they, they buy more often. Uh, they spend more. In fact, I think 55% it is of consumers are willing to spend more uh, as long as they are guaranteed a, a good experience. So, you know, from a customer experience perspective, keeping these omni-channel shoppers happy is imperative uh, for, for your brand to be able to, uh, to, to satisfy those, those high demands. Um, in addition to that, you know, I mentioned transparency earlier. Um, there's a desire for a transparency within the supply chain as part of that customer experience. Uh, most customers and consumers are going to understand, you know, supply chain shortages but they're going to want visibility into that, right? They, they wanna understand essentially a play-by-play -play status of you know, what, what, what their order is doing, where it's at. Um, you know, they want it instantly, they want it accurately. You know, the days of you know, us pushing the buy button and then um, just waiting and hoping that the box shows up at our door five to seven days later is, is kind of gone. So we all want to understand exactly when the box is going on the truck where the truck's at within you know, the United States or wherever you are in the globe, and when it's expected to arrive at my, my front door. And you know, Amazon is certainly a reason for, uh, for that expectation. And then lastly, you know, just again from a transparency side, uh, especially I think maybe with younger shoppers these days, um, there's a greater need to uh, understand things like sustainability of the products that um, are being utilized uh, with, within maybe the good that I'm buying, where it's coming from, all the way maybe from when when the raw material is being you know taken out of the uh, out of the earth. So um, I think you know from a customer experience perspective, uh, it's a lot of transparency. It's a lot of visibility into what happens immediately after I push that buy button and when it's going to show up, when that good is going to show up, um, you know, at my front doorstep. Yeah, and that makes total sense, Michael. I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of the couch I ordered two months ago and keep refreshing and it keeps moving back the delivery date, but just having that visibility of knowing kind of when it's coming is is something that I expect to not just have it show up at the blue at my, at my driveway one day. So all of that um, makes total, total sense to me. So from, you had touched on the customer experience side, but I guess from the financial standpoint, what kind of trends have we seen for this need of transparency and trust? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe from more of a financial perspective, uh, I think a lot of what's influencing this is uh, really just like a sheer increase in, in the volume, the order volume that needs to be fulfilled. And then that's being, um, you know, amplified by higher costs. And a lot of those higher costs are coming from, you know, labor, right? Um, in fact, labor costs, for example, have increased, you know, 10 to 15 percent in the past five years. You know, as part of my role at, uh, within the business, you know, we're able to uh, travel to a lot of different distribution centers, warehouses. Uh, you know, that's been lessened a little bit with with uh, with COVID. But when we're walking into these distribution centers, these warehouses, uh, there's always a, a need for for more labor, but an ever increasing cost to bring in that labor into again those warehouses, those distribution centers. So 
you know, being able to, you know, automate a lot of the, the tasks that that labor force has to execute uh, is, is, uh, is, is imperative. Uh, in addition to, you know, automating those tasks, uh, our businesses that we are partnering with are also, you know, wanting to evaluate the performance of that labor force. And they're wanting to empower their labor force and their associates with, you know, better data that, um, you know, we can certainly enable through uh, an accessible data source within the cloud. Uh, and all of that allows you to, you know, as a business really process and fulfill more orders, but also fix, you know, operational blind spots to you know, significantly reduce some of those costs. Um, and the ways that, that we do that or that we see businesses doing that is by, uh, you know, eliminating back orders and overselling that all ties back to, you know, better inventory visibility. Uh, and, and projecting, you know, the right available to sell inventory, you know, uh, online. Uh, better decision making, you know, reducing labor costs, right? A lot of uh, businesses are still operating, utilizing paper-based processes. And so, you know, their, their labor force uh, is not really being directed um, to do the different tasks within the operation. They are instead just being handed a stack of papers and uh, being told kind of good luck to go, uh, to go execute their, their different job functions. So, Reducing labor costs really by making them more efficient, um, you know, and growing, you know, bottom and top top lines uh, from a sales perspective uh, by, you know, again fulfilling the the increased orders, but also becoming more efficient within uh, the operations. And all of this really still ties back to that customer experience and being able to satisfy those expectations that are coming from, you know, today's consumer. Yeah, totally. I, as you say that, I'm imagining a, a huge sack of paper and how that could just fly as like an air of it and trying to collect those and how much of a disaster that kind of would be um, if that's, that's how you're tracking the orders. So you talked a lot about the, you know, um, different types of automation and things that um, companies can do to improve this and provide that transparency to the customer. So by implementing these types of things, what types of results um, are we kind of talking about that someone should expect? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be results really across the board when you look at um, the operations within a, a business. Um, you know, I think it was Industry Week that uh, had a, a report that said organizations that implement uh, at least a warehouse management system report uh, almost a 5% perfect order performance increase on average than those that you know don't have a system. So when we're talking about just a moment ago, you know, uh, businesses that maybe are still operating off of paper, uh, that's you know certainly going to be a limitation. They're not going to be able to achieve that same uh, higher perfect order performance. Uh, in addition to that, you know, also companies with a warehouse management system will typically see a, a over 150% increase in fulfillment efficiency, uh, a 99.9 plus percent order accuracy, and fulfillment times that are typically within uh, a 24 hour window. Um, you know, from a Deposco standpoint, in addition to that, you know, we oftentimes see that our customers will have a 20 to 40% increase in, in daily order throughput after they implement, you know, a, a Deposco WMS, let's just say, uh, over a 50% increase in productivity gains for their warehouse associates and uh, a big de decrease in manual data entry. Um, you talk about, again, going back to paper, a lot of times what that really cultivates is manual data entry into disconnected systems. And with an integrated solution in place for your operation, a lot of that goes away. So that's a lot of numbers that you know, I just threw at you there. Um, <laughs> but all of this really means that you're enabling your, your team to be 
uh, really more efficient with the right tools in place. And what that's going to allow is, you know, for your business to, to grow without having to bring, you know, more and more bodies into the operation to accommodate that growth. So you're, you're doing that growth, you're enabling that growth in a smarter way, as opposed to having to go out and find additional labor to uh, enable it, which, as we spoke about a moment ago, is, is increasing in terms of cost. Yeah, wow, 150% increase in fulfillment efficiency. That's just so many, so many more boxes you could ship out with the same amount of staff, which is um, crazy to me to think about that companies don't have automation like this. Um, so I guess with these companies, what are some of the strategies that these top tier omnichannel businesses are using um, to be able to get these types of results? Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, you don't have to rely on Amazon 100% to sell your, your goods. But at the same time, we all know that uh, Amazon is, is still a, a huge, major, major player in terms of, you know, getting your, your products to, to consumers. So they're also, you know, not necessarily the, uh, the enemy either. There can certainly be a balance between, um, you know, somewhat uh, competing with Amazon and also, you know, working with Amazon. And in fact, you know, we see that uh, about 50% or over 50% of, you know, firms are using at least eight selling channels at this point. And we spoke about earlier, um, the higher lifetime value of omni-channel shoppers. So, you know, making sure that across those selling channels, you've got, you know, update, uh, excuse me, up-to-date inventory available to sell inventory represented appropriately is, is really critical. And, you know, when you start doing that, what that allows you to do as a business is it allows you to avoid things like uh, overselling, right? Back orders are extremely expensive. Um, that also allows you to keep, you know, your customer experience high or, uh, across the consumers that are actually buying your products. Uh, and when you think about, again, marketplaces like Amazon, you've got, you know, things like seller ratings to, to worry about. And, you know, keeping those seller ratings high is, again, critical to make sure that, you know, consumers that are shopping for your products are finding your products and ultimately, you know, able to buy your products, right? So really the, the way that you can do that is um, by having a warehouse management system and an order management system that reside on, you know, one code base, one database that allows businesses uh, like our customers here at DePosco to truly have a real-time inventory visibility all the way from the operations within the warehouse, utilizing again, a lot of that warehouse management functionality that we, we spoke about earlier, all the way up into their order management system and ultimately you know, represented uh, across the different you know, selling channels that, that we spoke about as well. So really it's a, um, the ability to, to manage inventory accurately and then represent that in a real-time fashion up to your consumers so that they are, again, able to find your products, buy your products, and you're able to get them to them in a very efficient manner. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Amazon, the, the frenemy. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so I guess with this as a kind of a takeaway for people listening to this, how quickly can results like this happen? And what would be those um, next steps that you would recommend for someone to be able to be like these top tier businesses? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the first things that, you know, a business needs to do is, uh, first of all, identify what their growth goals are, right? And a lot of times, uh, what we find is that um, those growth goals really are only able to be enabled 
by finding a best-in-class you know, software partner you know, like the POSCO to help enable efficiencies that we spoke about, you know, be it within the operations, uh, meaning the warehouse or distribution center, enabling folks to be more efficient, getting a hold of your inventory. Um, and then again, um, allowing that to trickle upstream to the, to the consumer. So I think really first and foremost is identifying what those growth goals are and then aligning yourself with the best in class software partner to you know, get the paper out of the operation, get the systems connected and become more, more efficient. And you know, for us on, on the Deposco side, especially we see that you know, results can really occur um, almost overnight uh, upon implementation. Uh, and that's not only from uh, things like increased you know, output, but also just in terms of the ability to you know, onboard uh, new employees. Uh, we all know again that, that labor is, is certainly a, a major, major uh, hurdle right now for, for growth and enabling you know, new employees that you may have to bring in or even existing staff that you already have in place to become proficient within a tool and more efficient is, is, is definitely something that we see. In fact, we see that oftentimes you know, new, new employees that are uh, coming aboard are onboarded in 15 minutes or less with a tool like the POSCO in, in place. So you know, in terms of what we find, you know, I think it's aligning with you know, what your growth goals are, finding a best-in-class you know, software partner to help enable that. And then at that point, um, you know, scaling with, with that partner in place allows, uh, allows businesses to, to really achieve those goals that they've established. Those are definitely some great insights, Michael. I think um, everyone listening will be able to take something away from that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a blast. And if the listeners uh, want to learn a little bit more about those growth steps, um, we have a, a great growth guide on our uh, deposco.com website called Executing Omnichannel Fulfillment, How to Build, Grow, and Go. Um, and again, they can find that at our website. Uh, that's D-E-P-O-S-C-O.com. Uh, they can also uh, even request a demo from our, our website as well. And that's something that we're more than happy to, uh, to accommodate, to uh, give them a little bit more information on some of our capabilities as well. So it was a pleasure. Thanks. Great. Thank you.